You are listening to the Thinking Big Podcast, episode number two, Who's Flying This Damn Plane? Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Well, your self-image is flying this damn plane. And it's on autopilot. Hello, everyone, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. And thank you for listening. And I have to say, it is an honor to be doing this. If you want to improve the results in our lives, you know, I really think this episode applies to anything that we do career, financial, health, relationships, whatever. And understanding the self image, the thing that's driving what we're doing is a piece of the puzzle that has made such a huge impact on my life. You know, this is really a foundation episode because it will apply to many of the episodes to come. This whole mindset and learning, you know, how our minds work is really what drives me because our thoughts really do create everything that we have. So when we think about why some people are successful and some aren't, I think all success in life comes down to the understanding and answers to a simple question. What's the primary cause of our results? You know, what's at the root of everything we get in life? You know, why do we do the things that we do? Why don't we do the things that we know we should do? And I believe if we all knew the answers to these types of questions about ourselves, we'd have the ability to do more with infinite potential available to us all and then move forward into growth in any direction that we choose. Now, and interestingly, how we see ourselves is critical to understanding this question. So specifically, I want to talk today about your self-image, you know, it's the, the way you see yourself, because the self-image is truly flying your plane. And for the most part, it is on autopilot. You know, and there are many names for the self-image. Uh, your paradigm, you know, Tony Robbins refers to this as your blueprint. Uh, Jim Rohn calls this your philosophy. You know, it's your programmed or your conditioned mind. You know, whatever it is you choose to call it, it's who you are subconsciously and likely without you consciously even knowing it. Dr. Maxwell Maltz, you know, and I will talk about him, you know, a little later in this podcast, went as far as to say it is impossible to outperform your self-image. He said that if you want to experience lasting change in our life, we need to start inside. We need to begin by working on us. Now, obviously, there's more to change in your life than just understanding the self-image. And, you know, we only have about 20, 30 minutes in this episode, so I wanted to give you something that's going to be of most value to you right now and something you can grow with. Something that even if you never listen to anything else from me, you know, you can take and you can use. And for those that are interested in hearing more and learning more, you know, just stay tuned for more episodes coming out and, and subscribe to the podcast. Okay, so let's get back to that critical question. What is the primary cause of our results? You know, this is one of the questions that was asked to me by my uh, mentors, and it really made me think, you know, what's the primary cause of your results, Sean? Now, this part is important. You know, there's a part of your mind that gathers information and does just very basic shit. You know, and then there's a part of your mind that controls our behaviors. 
and they are not the same part. And if you've ever taken one of my Thinking Big workshops, you know, we dive deep into this. And when I realized that there are two parts, when I learned that concept, when I conceptualized it, it literally changed my life. And I thought, that is brilliant. Think of it this way. If I asked you to take your watch off your left wrist and put it on your right, or vice versa, you know consciously that you've moved the watch, right? But when you want to know what time it is a little later today, what are you going to do? You're going to look at your left wrist or your right, whichever, even though you intellectually know that you put it on the other hand. Again, there's a part of the mind that gathers the information, sub, excuse me, your conscious mind, and a part that controls our behavior, the subconscious. And they are not the same part. Another part, the subconscious mind, it's governing over 90% of our behavior. You know, the watch example is just a good illustration of the difference between conscious intent and subconscious behavior. But anyone who has ever set New Year's resolutions or anything like that has experienced this firsthand too, haven't they? You know, Emerson said, and I love this quote, of what use to make heroic vows of amendment if the same old lawbreakers is going to keep them? The same old lawbreaker? That is your subconscious mind. You know, think about it. Consciously, we're all for change. Yay! You know, I'm going to go on that diet or I'm going to start going to the gym. You know, I'm going to get my finances order. Hell yeah, let's do this. Let's go for it. You know, I'm going after it. You know, I'm going to go after the promotion or whatever the F it is. But subconsciously, we really just want to keep things as they are, everything as it is, because that's how we're programmed. And we want to stay nice and comfy. You know, another 10 years on autopilot won't hurt. No tension, no worry, no growth. And it's ridiculous on how much time we let slip by without realizing it. And don't kid yourself, we all do it. But when you're drifting on autopilot, if you don't have a specific goal, you have nothing to assess progress against, and you don't know how bad it's going until it's too late. You know, and while we're thinking about it consciously, you know, the part that governs our behavior subconscious, it just keeps giving us the same old shit week after week, month after month, year after year. Autopilot on a plane is a good example of this. You know, the plane is actually off course 99% of the time, but it gets there every time. You know, it's always correcting itself. You know, this is something the plane does very well. It has a clear and precise target in mind, it gathers feedback on the progress and corrects when it's off course. You have to have a target in mind, you know, a clear destination, and you have to be moving to get feedback. And then you have to correct when off course. Now there's something else the plane does really well. How do you think the plane feels when it's off course? It doesn't take it personally, does it? You know, how do we feel when we're off course? Oh, this is never going to work. It's hopeless. I can't bear this. I'm a bad person. Who do I think I am? This process, the process of setting an objective, taking some action, assessing the action as good or not, correcting the behavior, acting again, reassessing, reacting, and finally achieving our goal. This process, or really this corrective mechanism at work, is called cybernetics. And the key components of cybernetic mechanism are an objective, an engine of change, and a means of assessing feedback. You know, earlier I mentioned Dr. Maxwell Maltz. 
Well, he was a plastic surgeon in the 60s, and he wrote a book that sold, I don't know, 40 or 50 million copies called Psycho-Cybernetics. You know, great book and, and a must read. You know, as a matter of fact, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can go and, and take a look at it and read it if you'd like. Uh, but anyways, as a plastic surgeon, you know, of course he performed surgeries on people. In some cases, drastically altering their appearances. And he observed several interesting things. You know, sometimes when changes were made to a person's appearance, it had a big effect on their whole life. And sometimes it had absolutely no effect. You know, he mentions in the book that uh, one lady he operated on, you know, he changed her nose, her face, and really made some big changes to her appearance. And after the operation, she looked in the mirror and said, I don't see any difference. So he showed her pictures from before and after, and she said, okay, I can see I look different, but I still feel ugly. And this led him to the realization that we have another image an internal image, an image of ourselves that is inside a mental image of how we see ourselves. And that this image doesn't just change because we change our physical body. You know, so as weird as this sounds, he realized that there's not necessarily a link between the two, you know, the internal and the external image. You know, he then went on to explore this whole area in great detail. And, and that's, you know, what led to the book Psycho-Cybernetics. And what he found is that in the same way that the autopilot of a plane regulates the plane's controls towards a predefined goal or objective, the self-image in the individual regulates behavior towards a pre-programmed objective. And that pre-programmed objective is the self-image itself. This is huge. And he concluded that, you know, again, it is actually impossible for the individual to outperform the self-image for very long. Think of it like this. You know, the autopilot of the plane, your conscious, can, over can override the autopilot, your subconscious, for a little while. But as soon as the pilot goes off to do something else or get a cup of coffee, go to the bathroom, the plane's autopilot pulls it right back onto course again. And the self-image does the same thing with our behaviors. You know, sure, we can act differently for a time. You know, we can focus on a diet, focus on getting our finances in order, whatever. But as soon as we lose concentration or focus on something else, boom, our autopilot takes over and, and guides gently back in the direction it calculates that we need to be going for our results to match the image that we hold inside. You know, this whole process explains why, you know, so many people struggle with losing weight or going to the gym or setting New Year's resolutions or, or changing any habit in their lives, really. You know, consciously trying to control our behavior is never going to work. We think it will. It seems to make sense that it will. But it's actually exhausting. And as soon as our attention wanders to something else, then we slip right back into our habitual way of behaving and thinking. You know, it's like paddling upstream in a canoe. You know, we can paddle like hell, you know, for some progress. But as soon as we stop paddling to rest or admire the view, we float merrily, 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 gently down the stream again. If we want to change the results we're getting, we need to change the predetermined destination. We have to change the self-image. You know, I will bet anybody listening uh, $100 to will themselves to sweat. Just will yourself to sweat. You know, the first person wins $100, you know, and I doubt I'm going to have to pay anyone out. You know, do you know why you can't will yourself to sweat? 
or directly at least. It's because sweating is a function governed by the subconscious mind, but the will is a conscious faculty. And the more you try to will and control something governed by the subconscious mind, the more difficult it becomes. See, we all have an idea, an image of how successful we should be, how healthy we should be, and it's programmed into us. And if we want to change our results permanently, we have to change that image. And the kicker is, you're probably not even aware of what the image is. But I can tell you, you are exactly where you are because of your self-image. You know, let me give you a simple example of what I mean here. You know, and I want, to, I want you to imagine a salesperson earns $120,000 a year. Makes math nice and easy for me. So on average, he earns, you know, 10K a month every month. Let's say that for some reason, he goes out and earns 30,000 in one month. You know, maybe he got a lucky break, got introduced some, uh, to some new clients or friends, whatever the reason. Let's say in one month, he earns 30K. His self-image will pick up on the deviation from the set goal, you know, which is seeing himself as a $120,000 a year person. You know, the message is sent to his behavior, which is altered accordingly. You know, maybe he starts taking it easy, doesn't go into the office for a few weeks, maybe even gets ill. Yes, your subconscious can do that. It's a conniving little SOB. It will do whatever it takes to deliver what it thinks you really want. But one way or the other, the behavior is changed and he then sells nothing for the next two months. Then his self-image picks up on the correction. The following month he earns 10K and by the end of the year, surprise, surprise, he's at around 120K. You know, we do the same thing with everything. We do it with our health, with our diets, everything. I mean, be honest, the last time you were on a diet, did you have a week where you lost more than you thought? then talked yourself into a few cheat meals. Then eventually you took your focus off the diet and you were right back to where you started, didn't you? You know, the self-image is the idea and belief about us. Many, if not most, put in our mind by other people before we could even think for ourselves. You know, there's a great saying from Oliver Wendell Holmes. You know, he says that we are all tattooed in the crib with the beliefs of our tribe. You might not realize just how true this is. What's important about this is for the first six years of our life, our self-image is wide open and in a super programmable state. So you're just soaking up everything about the environment at an alarming rate without the ability to question it. You know, it's got nothing to do with genes. It's all environmental. You know, what's going on around you as a child pours into the open mind. You know, what sort of things you might ask? You know, what are the thoughts? You know, what are the people around you in the environment when you were young thinking? Boom, that gets programmed in. You know, what ideas are being discussed or shared? What prevailing attitude of the people around you when you were young? That gets programmed. You know, what are the held beliefs? What are the cherished opinions of the people around you? You know, what about positions? You know, people take positions on everything without even really knowing why they're doing it, but that gets programmed. You know, the prejudices of the people around you, uh, the people who are worshipped, the people that are hated, the people that are mocked and made fun of, all these things are programmed into your young mind, and it has no ability to question 
any of the information. This is powerful, isn't it? You know, when you think about it, uh, because we were all once that child being programmed. You know, again, what are the TV shows, the newspapers, the passions, the desires? Everything, basically, everything in the environment is soaked up by you. You know, it's kind of funny. My daughter is a huge Denver Broncos football fan. Even though she's never lived in Colorado, she's never went to a Broncos game. It's because that's who we rooted for when she was young. You know, this is why people are predictable. It's more than just the conscious intention. It's more than perception. It's the beliefs. It's the habits. It's all these things. So if it's impossible to outperform the self-image, then how do we change the self-image? Well, first of all, we need to understand that it exists and become consciously aware of how we see ourselves. And you must become conscious of all that crap that was programmed into you. We need to make the unconscious image conscious. Carl Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist, and he said, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule our lives and we will call it fate. Until we make the unconscious self-image conscious, it will just rule our lives and we will call it fate. Oh, that's just the way it is. You know, that's just my luck. You know, some people are just unlucky. You know, I don't really have time on, on this episode, but your subconscious has to accept whatever you impress upon it uh, in the conscious mind. You know, if you entertain the idea, it will get past your subconscious. You know, what you say to yourself, your self-talk matters. You know, what images you hold in your mind matter. You know, you've heard the saying, if you think you can, you're right. And if you think you can't, you're right. You know, do daily affirmations and gratitudes. You know, tell yourself all the time that you're awesome. As a matter of fact, I taught my granddaughter to call me Mr. Awesome. You know, and they even got me a Mr. Awesome desk nameplate. And if I ask her who I am, she said, awesome. You know, you have to have that new image, that self-image so detailed in your mind that it's like a memory. In the early 90s, I met some of my mentors. And the next 10 years were a whole new chapter in my life. Everything changed. My success my relationships, you know, even my health and physical fitness. You know, if it wasn't a podcast, you know, I'd show you one of my very few before pictures and it would literally burn your retina. You know, I've actually had people burn their eyes at my own pictures and they'd, they, it's like looking at the sun. You know, I had that unhealthy image in my self-image. I needed new settings. And when I did, everything started to change for me permanently. You know, most of the things are so simple, but applying them has to be automatic. It needs to be part of that self-image. You know, I remember hearing when I was young, you know, if you've got money problems, more money is not the answer. You know, for the longest time, I thought, that is the stupidest crap I have ever heard in my life. Of course, that's the answer. But people who are in a habit of spending everything they earn plus everything they borrow, don't change when they earn more money, they get worse. And willpower won't cut it. You have to change the image. Write this down. The desire, the imagination will overpower willpower every time. Now, your desire, your imagination, it will overpower any willpower that you might think you have. You know, willpower will lose every single time. You know, my desire to eat that piece of cake, you know, maybe not the first piece of cake, but the second I lost focus, that cake was in my mouth. You know, we really need to understand and internalize a more powerful self-image. We need to look inside and change some of the bullshit ideas we have programmed in our subconscious. 
know, we need to change the self-image. And if we do, everything will change for us. I know everything changed for me when I changed mine. But if we don't, nothing is going to change. It's going to be another 10 years on autopilot. This self-image concept is one of the most powerful pieces in my own development. And the idea that we need to work on ourselves as much as we work on anything else is just, well, it's, it's obvious when you think about it. I just never did. So this is a powerful and important learning. And I'm so happy to have gone through it today with you because it is something that you can take and use whether you ever listen to another one of my podcasts or not. But for many people, we need more than just understanding the power of the self-image in order to take quantum leaps in our results. You know, and I will talk about these fundamentals that I use in future podcasts. Now, the start of changing your self-image is to make the decision. You know, and indeed, the role that decision plays on every step of the way, deciding who you're going to become at any given moment. You know, personal growth is transformational. It really is. And you will not recognize yourselves in a year's time if you understand and apply the principles in this system. You know, so be sure to subscribe to my podcast and don't miss any. Because if you follow the system, you will grow. You will grow considerably. And as you grow, everything changes. But if you don't grow, nothing does. You know, Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And these podcasts will help you dig in and examine. Thank you for listening. Tell all your friends, family, neighbors, dog, or anyone else that might be interested in growing and developing to subscribe to my podcast and listen. Until the next episode, here's to you and always remember your future.